as black people, we struggle with this word patriotism because this word patriotism is is it omits the black experience in a lot of ways. In other words, if I'm to be patriotic, then I have to see America through your eyes. And it's difficult to unsee certain things once you've been forced to see it time and time again. This is Caesar Walker, the Cool Calm Collective. And I'm Ronnie Gatry, the emotional one. And we are the Tipping Point Podcast, your source for sophisticated ignorance, intellectual stupidity, and well-articulated nonsense. Horn. Walker! We've been to cook! I think this is the tipping point. Peace and blessings, beloveds. We want to shout out all of you who are listening to us, uh, our longtime listeners, as well as our first-time listeners. And if you're listening to us for the first time and you are enjoying this sophisticated ignorance, this intellectual stupidity, please subscribe and follow us on whatever streaming platform you're streaming this podcast from. Also, guys, you can follow us on social media and subscribe to our YouTube page. You can find all of that information on our website. Gatry, the website is thetippingpoint.com, T-H-A, tippingpoint.com. And thank you, sir. And with that, we shall begin episode 84, is I it, believe. Is it 84? Okay. I think it's 84. Last one was 83. After 12, it's been hard for me to keep count, so, okay. You get it right every now and again. Thanks. Um... First, before we even get started, we want to, we're recording this on the 4th of July weekend. We're hoping that you uh, have had a safe holiday, an enjoyable holiday, and uh, yeah, that's all I got to say there. Gatry, how are you? Um, I'm doing well. I'm I'm going to start everything off by just saying, Walker, happy belated birthday, bro. We, uh, we, you, showed, you, we showed you love on the whole social media thing, but... Um, yeah, man, it was good to see you enjoy your day. We see your fresh cut, too, and your new hairstyle. Um, we were calling that out, even though you're being modest and you don't want to say anything about it. But it's OK. You'll get you'll get that one day out of the year to just do you, I guess. But now, nah, man, it's cool. Uh, happy belated birthday again. Uh, definitely a blessing to be on the other side of the screen from me right now on the other side of the microphone, even though, you know, if I had my way, we'd be in the studio, Rudio, whatever we call it, chopping it up like old times. But I know we're getting, I know we're one day closer to that. So I'm cool. One day, one day closer. One day for so, sure. yeah, anyway, happy belated, man. Thank um, you. And thanks to those of you who showed love and on social media too, as well. Um, I didn't get around to responding. There was text, you know, post flying all over the place. I haven't got a chance to respond to everyone, but thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate that. We had some love from uh, our podcast family too. So yeah, thank y'all for helping uh, helping me wish this uh, this man over here a, a happy belated. Um, you want to talk about your birthday? Did you get anything, Walker? Besides that fresh cut? No, I just did 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 the family thing. My wife had to work that day, so I spent time with my folks, and then I spent time with uh, my parents, and then I spent time with my sister and my niece and nephew. For a little bit got a haircut and then kicked it with wifey that evening not so, bad walker okay yeah so you know it's, it's still it's 
weird time, so you know you can't really get out out like you want to. So uh, I did what I could, and you know I made the most of it. It was it was a good start to a to a good weekend. Gotcha. You're so much older than me, but it's all good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a whole three weeks, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> um. What else is going you, on? No, I want. This is you. This is you. You got to say something. Um, I didn't get. I mean, well, I did a little shopping. I did. I did. I did. I had a lot of first. I actually uh, went to a restaurant for the first time. Okay. Um, since we've been quarantined, um, I think I was you, telling you about that. You didn't dine in though. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. They didn't even provide you the opportunity to dine in. Um, Thank goodness. It was okay. only pickup. But that was my first time doing even that. Um, and then I went to the mall um, for the first time and actually uh, spent some money on me. So, yeah, you went, you went to the mall. Yeah. Got in, got out. Thank goodness, man. OK, you going to tell us yeah. what you picked up or do we gonna keep that on the wraps? We'll, we'll, we'll keep that on the wraps. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you off mic. I'll check your IG because uh, <laughs> I know you got some drip. But anyway, uh, cool, man. <laughs> Well, um, so yeah, that was that was the day after my birthday. I was kind of ripping and running on my birthday, and then the next day, you know, everything slows down, and and you know, you're able to kind of do those things and not have to worry about seeing people and you know what's next. So yeah, gotcha. yeah, man, that's that's it for me. And the holiday was good. My fourth was good. Uh, I didn't get out. I just stayed at the home. We had got all the groceries, we grilled a little bit, just kicked it, watched movies. It was great. Nice, it was great. Man. Okay. Yeah. Um. Didn't 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 need to go to see fireworks because, uh, my neighborhood the different streets were competing with one another. So that's it crazy. was just like, yeah, we sat on the deck and just watched. <laughs> oh, that street's turning up. Oh, that whoa, whoa. you know what I mean? It, it was almost like a. Yeah, it was like a fireworks battle between streets. It seems. You okay. Know what I mean? And I was like, why don't y'all just come together and just put on a show? <laughs> like, no one thought about that. But anyway, now would that sound like Black America? <laughs> Too soon. Too soon, Gantry. Too soon. Sorry, you know, I just get loose Too soon. Here. <laughs> only jokes, white people. Relax. Black people relax too. These are only jokes. Goodness. Oh, man. Some people be funny. so tense, man. Relax. <laughs> Too soon. Somebody had to say it, though. That's funny, though. That's funny. Um, but yeah, that's that's it, man. How how about you? How was your how was your holiday, Walker? Uh, how was your holiday? Uh, it's going well. Uh, we we uh, did the um the Gatry Regional Aquarium tour. Yeah, dude, this is the thing now. There's uh there's four people that do it uh, every year, and they all happen to live in our house. But no, uh, we we <laughs> we head over to ATL and uh, took the boys to the Georgia Aquarium. I got to shout out the Georgia Aquarium, man. I um. I felt really safe in there in terms of like, you know, uh, COVID awareness and things like that. They, you know, they, you had to wear your mask and all that. And they kept traffic moving. They made sure people were spread out. Um, it, it was really cool. The boys got a kick out of it. And um, we headed up north and went to Chattanooga to the Tennessee Aquarium, man. We just, we knocked that out the last few days. Um, so that was cool. I uh, did it for the boys, just trying to get them something, you know. Um, something marginally safe you know out here in these streets but we did that got some good quality family time and ate really good in chattanooga if i got to be honest about it ate super good 
But yeah. um yeah, that's about it, man. That that was those were really quick hitters. We didn't hang out the aquarium too long, but um we got that in and you know, Walker to be honest, uh my wife is going through and it's, some, it's crazy, it's ironic I'm wearing the shirt. My wife's wife is going through Disney withdrawals as as some of our lo- longtime listeners have uh been informed. Uh the Gatries do Disney uh quite often under normal circumstances, so it's looking like Disney's not going to be a reality for us anytime soon. So we're it's it's funny we have to like think outside of Disney. Like don't don't tell don't tell Mickey we're doing other things. You know. <laughs> so um, funny. So it, it was just it was interesting to hear my wife's commentary about what we what we chose to do uh, this week and just how it compares or does not compare to Disney. So and it's just like I just I got the point. I, I realized hey you know this is where my life is. It's really embarrassing. But you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but that was about it, man. That was about it. Good times, indeed. Did, did did the fourth hit a little different this year for you? Oh yeah, it did. Walker. In light of how you we have traditionally approached the Fourth of July. Yeah. Um, I start. I even started to make a post about it, but you know, I, I refrained. But I was like, it just ain't hitting the same. Right. Right. And I don't know if it's COVID or if it's just. Or if it's just, you know, the fact that we turned up a few weeks ago for Juneteenth. Like, I, well, I don't know what it is, but it just seems like this holiday was a little different as compared to previous uh, Fourth of July. So just didn't know if it was just me. Yeah, well, and, and it's interesting, um, interesting segue there. Thank you for putting that there, Walker. But uh, I had a, um, a really good conversation with a uh, white female friend of mine. Shout out to FC. I know she's listening. She's a new listener. She likes what we're doing. So. Thank you for listening. I'm yes, I'm calling UFC. She knows what that means, but uh, but no, she uh, she hit me. She hit me and was like, um, "Hey, uh, I'm just curious. Like, how does how does the Fourth of July like? How does it? I'm paraphrasing, but how does it hit with you? Like, you know, do you do you feel do you feel any sense of patriotism? Because after you know learning all this stuff about you know America's you know terrible racial history she 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 said i i couldn't it's, it's easy for me to assume that someone in your shoes probably doesn't look at the fourth like most people want to look at the fourth and so um, we got in a really really good detailed conversation just about i guess um i call it black patriotism walker but it should really be uh lack of patriotism you know um mm-hmm. and, and you know i guess for me because uh, i think we've talked we talked about this last year um for me you know I, I i've been a little shy about my lack of patriotism i guess for this country um but it was good to hear a white female say hey hey look i understand you know i i don't I, i'm not black so i understand like to the level you are but again after after educating myself i can see how you're just not going to be parading around you know the beach or ever just brandishing this american flag because this country just hasn't really you know hasn't treated people of color the same way as it treats you know the majority so um anyway that we, we got into got into a long conversation about that she uh she she understood she empathized she listened which was really cool and uh she even made a bold statement by saying you know even for me now that I'm conscious of all these things, the fourth even hits different for me, you know? Mm. So it was, it was very impactful, very powerful conversation. Um, what, you, you have any thoughts about that Walker? Uh, I, th- I just think I'm impressed that she even 
researched. Yeah. Like that's that's something that stood that stood out to me is that she's researched the history of our country and what has transpired that isn't really talked about a lot. So I, I think for her to even have that frame of mind to do that is very is highly commendable. True. Um and, and I think once you know you you're aware of something, it does change the perception right. of it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um and is that and I guess in the past for you um how have you felt how have you felt um I, it's just it, it's it's it hasn't been a holiday i've gotten too excited about i i know i know in my youth um you know we didn't we didn't really talk about it much in the house we just I'm, I'm telling you man i just equate it to a day where you know i get to and this is when i was really young but i get to take those little you know those little i forget the name of them but those little popper things fireworks you know a little paper thing you throw them on the ground they make a pop i just right. knew i just knew it was time to do that we usually um went went to uh see some see some family on my dad's side every year for the fourth and all they did were fireworks and i knew i wasn't big enough to light the big fireworks so i got these little you know little pop socket things whatever you call them and i was just and i was content i didn't know anything else about that but of course through school you learn about you know the independence of this nation and all that stuff but it just it just never hit and and walker walker i'll share another story with you um for for work we had to we did this promotion and this is a different holiday but we did this little, little internal promotion about flag day right and um in this promotion i'm on video talking about what we plan to do for flag day and um i'm holding a flag <laughs> and i i remember watching the video after i did it um, it was it was hard for me to be genuine about the message I was trying to convey while I was holding that flag, and it was just like, man, you know, and it, and it, and and for those of you who may be new new to this podcast, I, I don't want anyone to think I'm I'm anti America, right? It's just through through the lens of what I've had to experience in my life, when I look at that flag, I see different things than other people see. You know, mm -hmm. so and, and as I've grown older and as I've dealt with dealt with different things, been exposed to a lot, it's going to change the way I look at that flag. You know what I'm saying? Right. Does right. that answer your question, it, Walker? It does. It does. Uh, and and that, that has been similar sentiments for me. Um, I've seen other people post similar things throughout the years on Fourth of July from a black perspective that may seem anti-American or non-patriotic. Um, the, the best analogy I can give to those who are curious as to why we feel that way is think, look at it this way. Let's say that we all attend the same church, right? And the church is active in the community. It It's led by a pastor who's very loving, very, he, he does a, he's very charismatic. He does a great job of, of teaching the Bible and is very kind to the people. Let's just say that I am a preacher's kid. I'm the child of that pastor, right? Now, I'm not a preacher's kid in real life, but just for example, I'm the child of this pastor. So everyone in this church loves this pastor. They love this man and what he, what he means to the community, how, what he means to the people in that church and, and in the surrounding areas, right? But let's say for me, I have a different perspective of him because I know things about him that the general public and as well as people in the congregation don't know. 
I may know that he may have cheated on my mom before. I may know that he's maybe even been abusive to my mom. He's may have neglected me and my siblings. Right. And so a person in the congregation comes to me and says, man, I know you just, your dad is so awesome. He's an awesome pastor. I know you're just so lucky to to have a great man like him as your dad. And while they're excited, I have a much more comprehensive perception and experience with this guy because not only have I seen the public version of him, but I also see the private version of him. And because I've had a much more comprehensive vantage point or view of this man, it's hard for me to get up and excited about him as the next person coming to me because I know more mm-hmm. about him. Right. And I think when you look like, look at this country, Again, a lot of people have a certain perception of America that isn't oppressive, right? But if you talk to someone who's black or minority and they have been reminded of this every day, then they're going to have a different perception of America. And in that example, it's not like I don't love my father. I love my father, but I just have a much more comprehensive view of him. And I think that's one of the reasons why as black people, we struggle with this word patriotism because this word patriotism is, is it omits the black experience in a lot of ways. In other words, if I'm to be patriotic, then I have to see America through your eyes. And it's difficult to unsee certain things once you've been forced to see it time and time again, just like it'll be for, it'd be difficult for me to look at my father, the pastor in a different light, because I've seen things and experienced things with my eyes that is difficult to make me unsee. And so when we talk about patriotism, we have to be very careful about how we project that onto other people whose experiences are different from ours. And I think that's why a lot of black people struggle with that because we've seen people who have been patriots for this country stand up and fight the very fact that we have an independence day was because people fought something that they were against you look at the boston tea party you look at different movements uh in history where people were not satisfied with the status quo and they were considered patriots how all of a sudden we fight for something and we're considered un-american is is beyond me is very hypocritical. So I, I think it's just important to understand just the history and the perception that many or the experience that black people have had in this country. And it's amazing to me that even in, this, in spite of what all is going on, we're still here and we still actually love America. We just see America for what it is and we're not willing to stick our heads in the sand beautifully uh explained there and you, you made me think of of it of um uh, an example you drew up I, I think this was last year and you talk about uh comparing the black experience in america to a uh dysfunctional relationship you know you right. you, you it, it doesn't mean you don't have love for the person who may be you know the the catalyst of dysfunction if you will but you you want you want to see them do better right, right. so you hold them right. accountable if you're in a, if you're in a, if you're in a like mutually mutually exclusive loving relationship you're going to hold that person accountable same right. same thing same thing applies for the black experience in america so um great one well, could argue well, that you sir. really love that person even more by holding them accountable yeah right? absolutely absolutely oh so, yeah I, I just i think that's 
and, and and to me, shouts out to to your friend for even being understanding because that's a lot of work to get a lot of people to even get that and and even comprehend that. One thing, one thing to to, to kind of echo your shout out of FC. She she has been she's been super intentional just about you know communicating and sharing how she's feeling about certain things and calling out what's what's wrong and you know she and I've been talking about you know what what is it that that um, prohibits you know white people from standing up uh, against things like this and I don't know our our, our, conver- our conversation since the execution of George Floyd has just been been very moving I've learned you know a lot from her you know and um, one of the things and, you, and I think you said this too Walker one of the things she said to me on our last conversation was hey look it's not your it's not your responsibility to teach me that's this stuff i gotta care enough to go to go figure it out on my own and when she said that i was like <laughs> right but that, right g- g- can you take that message and share it with <laughs> with 20 other people you know right. Like, right look to your neighbor and say <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely. so anyway shout out fc Th- thank you for um providing some some very good thought-provoking conversation it is it is well uh that's that's our that's our the, the main was that the main topic yeah i think so unless you got something else on you you got to get off your chest well we can transition on okay um before there's only one get, way to transition get doherty get doherty <laughs> but let before we do that before we do that I do want to um, I do want to say rest in peace to uh, Royda Giles Jr. Um, this is for those of us who are locally in Birmingham. Um, I don't think this story really uh, got outside of the state of Alabama, but there was a shooting in um, the largest mall we have in Birmingham, uh, which uh, injured three people and unfortunately claimed the life of eight-year-old uh, Royta uh giles jr um so our thoughts and prayers are uh with the family and um i think that and then we talked about this before we got started we believe the shooter is still at large right yeah as as far as i know at the time of this recording i I haven't seen anything uh or heard any official release about them capturing whoever's responsible for this yeah so uh, our prayer is that whoever is responsible is brought to justice. And uh, yeah, our thoughts and prayers are with the family. Um, very senseless shooting, very senseless crime. And uh, yeah, we, we hope whoever is responsible is uh, found. And, and uh, I echo that and want to extend those thoughts and to those, to those other three who were injured, who are recovering right now. So, um, and then, the, the tons of people who are, who are exposed to this. I, I just remember reading an account yesterday from uh, a, a lady who was shopping there who who as they were filing people out of the mall, you know, she she got to see well not got to, but she she happened to see the crime scene, the fatal crime scene. And she described what she saw. And I was just like, what type of impact does that have on that person mentally after seeing that? You know, and I yeah. and I can't even repeat what she said just because it, it would take me to a place I'm not prepared to go on this podcast. But um, you know, I just it just I, I it, and I'm not taking anything away from um, from Mr. Giles and his family. Don't get me wrong. I just I just really want to want to share that that we're thinking about everyone impacted in, in this situation. So yeah, thank you for mentioning yeah. that. Um, on the heels of that, uh, moving on from that, um, we put a bow there. But I, I saw a lot of people comment. 
um, about it and the the conversation about Black Lives Matter came up. Of course. And we see a lot of people who who say, you know, if Black Lives Matter and, and we're not talking white people, we're talking about black people like Black Lives Matter. It needs to matter to us uh, in this regard. Um what do you think? How, how do you feel about that when, you, when 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 stuff like this happens, um, and people begin to draw a parallel to what black the Black Lives Matter movement is trying to achieve? What do you think about it, Gatch? I'm so glad you asked this because I, I have this in my notes as well. Um, let, 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 let me start from the top. And as of now, this recording, we don't know who is responsible for this. You know, the, the, the social media narrative like loosely implies that it could have been a black person. Right. So, um, you know, but we don't black know. Black crime. Yeah. Yeah. We don't we don't know for a fact. And uh, we're, we're going to go just based off what we know right now. So it's, it's really hard to to really put more emphasis there. But in, ter- right. in terms of your question, um, in terms of like the impact on on, on what I what I call BLM, um, it, we, we, we've got we've got a bigger issue, I think. And that is and, and think about it. My wife and I talked about this as we're walking the streets of Chattanooga. Um, you, you, you see how the news and the media cycle is structured. If anything happens in the black community where it happens to be a black person committing a crime against another black person, it's the first thing you're going to hear on the news. But think about it from a numbers and a metrics perspective. We as black people represent the overwhelming minority (laughs) across the this uh, this diverse racial landscape of the United States. So you mean to tell me, you know, if white people are the overwhelming majority that these crimes may may not or may or may not be existing in those communities as well. That that's a question. I mean, I, I'm asking the question. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it isn't. But I I choose to believe that I believe that there is quote white on white crime, and I, I don't even I don't even like that. That's not a thing. I, I I have problems with black on black crime being a thing now. People are, you know so easy to say that. But um, if you represent the overwhelming minority, I think naturally, from a metrics perspective, you are going to be exposed to, to, to crimes just like this. But unfortunately, when when dealing with the news cycle and the way the media is structured, we're not going to get exposed that much to crimes like this. I, I know, Walker, I'll share this um, when, when you, and I, I hate saying this because it's it, it's it's loose. But when I'm searching for player of the week candidates, there's you don't know how many articles I stumble across where it is, you know, white person inflicting a crime against another white person. So even even time, even sometimes fatal. But it's just right. it's weird how I have to go and dig for these things. I'm not even looking for that, but I have to go and dig. Whereas I can. I can go to AL.com. I'm not calling out AL.com. I'm just saying as an example. But I can go to a major uh, media outlet, click on the homepage, and I know what I'm going to see. Somebody that looks like me who's done something bad. You know, I, 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 think, I think that's a problem. So um, I, I say all that to say, Walker, it's a cheap shot for you, especially in this situation, to assume or insinuate a, that a black person was involved in this, but B, if if black people don't even value their own, then what does uh, BLM even mean? I think that's a cheap shot. Those are those are my thoughts. What do you think, Walker? Um, I think that's an interesting point you brought up about the media's responsibility in terms of how these stories get reported um, and how that can create a larger narrative across the board. Very, very good point there. 
what I would say is that the while I believe that it is true that black lives have to matter to black people, I don't like when people bring that up because you're conflating two totally different issues here. Um, yes, it's a problem because, you know, I, I talked a few weeks back about us as a community being on the same page. You'd be on the same page by having a code of conduct a code of ethics, right? And part of that is valuing each other and one another. If I respect you and value you, I'm not going to take your life. I'm not going to sell drugs to you. I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to support you when you start a business. Like we're, that's, that's, we have to get back to having a code and killing someone is a direct violation of that. So there's a valid point there. The problem is, is that when you talk about Black Lives Matter, it's addressing a systemic issue that a quote unquote black on black crime would not expose. For example, let me read off some stats for you. We know about the 13th amendment, right? Correct. 13th amendment abolished slavery, except for punishment of a crime. So slavery still exists, but it exists in the prison systems. Now, according to the Pew research center, there are, or there were, and it was actually down but it is down. It was down to 15, 1,501 black prisoners for every 100,000 black adults at the end of 2018, according to a report from the Bureau of Justice Statistics. OK, now let's show us how let's show you how that compares to other groups of people. That is almost double the amount of who was in second place. Hispanics for for Hispanics, it's. Every it's 797 prisoners for every 100,000 adults, Hispanic adults, almost double for white people is 268 for every 100,000 adults, according to this study. Now, according to the study by the U.S. Sentencing Commission back in 2017, black men who commit the same crimes as white men receive federal prison sentence that are on average nearly 20% longer. So what you have is you're having black people, you have a system in place that appears from the statistics to target black men, right? And for the same crimes that other people are committing, they're serving longer prison sentences. So we see based on the statistics, there's, there's an implication of racial bias there, right? Also, we know that because of this, and the 13th, the 13th documentary by Ava DuVernay points this out very well, is that prisons have become big business for not only major companies, but private companies. Um, again, according, and I'm citing my sources, according to a recent article in Ranker.com, they mentioned 49 major companies among those who were Starbucks, Whole Foods, Walmart, Wendy's, have profited off of prison labor. So we see that black like racial bias has been the fuel for this system that appears to target black lives. So when a black reason, why am I bringing this up? Because if a black person kills a black person, the system still works because the system is designed to target black men and feed them into the prison system. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So, so yes, as, as, as terrible as it is, as off code as it is to murder another black person, it doesn't exploit or expose the flaw or the corruption in the system we're trying to address. 
But you take an officer of the law and he kills an unarmed black person far too many times in the past, Gatry. That officer not only doesn't, they don't even get conv- they don't even get charged, much less convicted of murdering an unarmed black person. So herein lies the problem. Let's take everything I just said into account. So you're targeting black men and feeding them into the prison system. 20% of the time, they're serving longer prison sentences for the same crime as their white counterparts, right? And you're profiting off of it, which means there's no incentive for you to undo this system. Then an officer of the law murders a black person who's unarmed and now it's being recorded so we see the totality of what happened so clearly this is a murder right and in many cases we can't even get excited if they get charged because we've seen this movie play out what does that communicate to us as black people gatry that our lives don't matter (laughs) at all So when we say black lives matter, we're trying to bring attention to a system that is telling us each and every day it doesn't matter. And until we get that messaging across, we can't address this system. A black man killing a black man, the system, it works without a a hiccup. But we we see these inequities and inequalities when someone outside of the black community murders one of us. Mm. And that's the problem. So I don't want us to conflate these problems. I don't want us to conflate these issues because they're two totally different issues. And yes, black lives have to matter to black people, but we cannot use that as an excuse to let the law officers and other in the government off the hook because they have a responsibility as well. Case in point. Well put, sir. Okay. Guess I'm on one today. Yeah, you 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 you're turned up for sure, and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. With that, let's get Doherty. I think we've already started unofficially, <laughs> but hey, let's keep it going. Discuss <laughs> the trash. Uh, what what you got, bro? Um, I want to open with um the Mike Muse op-ed um that, that had a long title, but I have t- I've titled it white protectionism walker i sent you this article you read it i only need to know if you want to talk about it or if you want to discard it let's let's discuss this one okay so um mike muse who um, read by the way thanks man i I, i'm a a huge fan of mike muse um he i I first got um i first got exposed to him on the uh, sway in the morning morning show um but he is like a political resource for abc news now he's got you know several shows across the spectrum but he's he's really delving into politics you know at a, at a very intentional level well, anyway he um in in his media in his range of media options that he's involved in he was uh in a meeting with a person that he or people that he titled um a karen and a ken <laughs> and so um we we know that the karen term is trending across social media now really depicting um, a, a a white woman who, in my opinion, you know, loves to call the cops when she feels threatened by black people. Um, and so Ken, who's racist? Who's racist? Yeah, Ken would be her male counterpart. So um, he, he he talked about a situation where the three of them are on a Zoom call and uh, t- it's supposed to be talking about production oriented things. You know, centered around a show, not not politically driven. 
but uh, the conversation kind of fi finds its way into the political spectrum. And um, one of the, I guess the Ken, uh, and this is how I took it, Walker, please feel free to correct me. But um, the Ken mentioned uh, in short that he, <clears throat> he had great consideration of voting for Biden because he felt that if Biden won the presidency, he does not have to worry about protesters and looters coming into his neighborhood and threatening him. So um, Mike Muse, who's a black male, obviously, um, he was he was floored to hear this, but he was even more floored to realize that the Karen on the call echoed these sentiments, you know, um, and it's, it's interesting because to me, it, 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 it I guess to let me know, because I've, I've never heard of this, but it let me know that the reality of the possibility of these protests spilling out into the suburbs at least white people think that's a real thing and that they're concerned about it. And, you know, we, we've seen Walker, you know, the, the record numbers of gun sales and uh, the, the whatever the background checks are that you need uh, prior to getting a firearm. I mean, these things are going through the roof. You know, people are arming themselves and preparing themselves for whatever could be coming. Right. Um, but that I, I guess that that's it in a nutshell. Um, and, and I love how Mike Muse, uh, called this white protectionism. And I just want to know, you know, considering that, like, what, what, what are your thoughts, Walker? Like, do you think this is a thing? And if it is a thing, give me your, give me your perspective on it. It's absolutely a thing. Um, let's, let's unpack it. Let's unpack it in, 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 in a couple of parts here. I think what's fundamentally flawed in voting for Joe Biden is we're still putting our trust in a figurehead, not policy. Mm. You know what I mean? Because you got to remember a lot of this stuff started happening and who was the vice president? This stuff started being recorded. I would say we start seeing these, these incidents starting to be filmed. Um, Trayvon to Mike Brown. I don't know how many after Mike Brown fell under the, the Obama presidency, but we had quite a few. Um, and Joe Biden was right there in the White House when it was happening. So we have to understand that we can't, that it's not the figurehead that's going to bring about change. It's policy, which is why I'm interested to see what Joe Biden comes up with in the next few weeks or a few months as it pertains to police reform. Um, Trump took a stab at it a while back. We brought it up. Uh, we trashed it on Discussion Trash a few weeks back. But uh, it 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 it, la it lacked teeth. Like it was, it was a toothless policy. It was very weak. Um, so I'm curious to see what Biden does. You got to have policy that that challenges uh, systemically what's going on. And so, you know, I, I think for him to 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 want to vote for Biden, I don't think that's in and of itself solves the issues and what's causing people to protest. Number one. Second thing is to echo a point you made earlier, I think media has played a big part in sensationalism and a lot of them need to be held accountable for what I like to call weaponizing people's fear and paranoia. So again, I, I watch Fox news because not because I believe in it. I just want to know what other people are thinking and saying. Mm. And so when I see a Sean Hannity and a Tucker Carlson, talk about the fact that black lives matter has become a political group that wants to take over America. That sounds threatening. <laughs> right. 
that sounds threatening if if I'm not getting any outside information from other people, if I'm not doing what FC's doing and educating myself on why Black Lives Matter exists in the first place, and I'm only getting my information from the Hannity's and the Tucker Carlson's of the world, I'm going to look at Black Lives Matter as a threat, right? I'm going to look at them as someone who wants to control America, and we can't have that. So now anything that they do is perceived as negative, right? I've just weaponized people's fear. When I, when we see the Rudy Giuliani's uh, who not too long ago said that black lives matter wants to take your home and, and invade your private, your privacy and do all of that. Like that's weaponizing people's fear and paranoia, which is why you had that situation that, that happened in St. Louis. Um, with the with the with the couple who armed themselves at protesters walking by. Right. Why? Because if you're in a gated community and you see people coming into your neighborhood and I've been told that Black Lives Matter wants to take over this country and take your stuff from you, I'm going to now my fear has been realized in their minds. And so I I think I think back going back to your your question as it pertains to why people feel this way is because it's because of the information they're getting mm-hmm. It's because of what they're hearing. And I think media has to be held accountable for sensationalism and reporting things that are just not facts at all. You don't have any, you don't have any record of a person from black lives matter killing or murdering or taking anything. Now what you have seen are looters and rioters, opportunists of every, you know, there's opportunists everywhere who try to take advantage of anything. You let the power go out in the city long enough, you're <laughs> so, going to see looters and rioters. Sure. That you're just going to have those individuals, but they're not with Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter isn't claiming those individuals. So you don't have documented, accurate, any information to suggest what you're sensationalizing mm. from a new standpoint. So when, when the brother is talking about his colleagues saying they would rather they would rather vote for Biden so that they don't have these issues come to their front door. It's because they've been fed fear. They've been fed paranoia on behalf of media who's trying to switch a narrative in a completely different direction. And that is dangerous. Absolutely. Goodness. Completely dangerous. Uh, and I, and I think as in the nutshell, I don't know if you want to talk about Mark and Patricia McCloskey. Do you want to, do you want to discuss or trash them? Oh, that's the couple in St. Louis who who had their guns out. We're we're here. Let's discuss it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. To me, that 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 leads us right into that situation because they're just acting out on their fear, mm-hmm. right? And if and if what you're subscribing to in terms of media is cultivating and <laughs> projecting and producing that fear on a consistent basis, then that's going to penetrate your psyche, and you're going to yeah. So it makes it makes sense. I I am I am super impressed that you watch Fox News. So, so I have to give you that. Um, yeah, but I mean I don't watch it every day. Don't get don't get it twisted. But yeah, I I, 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 I watch clips. You're, you're watching film. Right. I don't want to know what other people are thinking. Right. Because right. Maybe just maybe they may say something that challenged. Because I'll be honest, I'll listen to some, them sometimes, and they'll say something to where I'm like, okay. I agree with that. I don't agree with the overall premise, but you're saying certain things that I agree with. Right. 
And so, yeah, I, I just always want to know what the other side is thinking. Gotcha. And I, I think that's that's important just for conversation. So just that you'll know what's out there in terms of thought, mm. you know. Okay. Um, but but with with uh, with the with the Ken and Karen in St. Louis, though. Um, so the background on this is that the mayor that there have been calls for the mayor. I think her name is Lida Cruson. Um, she was on a Facebook live and she was discussing that there have been people who have written letters to the mayor, uh, making calls to defund the police department, um, the Metro police department in St. Louis. And on the Facebook live, as she's reading these letters, she's calling out the names of people crying for or, or, or petitioning for the police to be defunded and reading out their address. Oh, which was egregious. Well, yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, so this led to people wanting calling for her resignation. So just to provide background information, this is why the mayor lives in a gated community. So the people who were passing by uh, Mark and Patricia McCloskey, they were on their way to Mayor Lida Cruson's house to protest her resigning. So that gives you the background information on what happened. Okay. They weren't even going to these people's homes. They were passing by their homes. And as they were passing by, out comes Mark and Patricia with their guns pointed at each other inadvertently and deliberately at the mob. <laughs> or not the mob, but the protesting group. I think it was 300 or something like that. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So that, that gives us the backstory on that. And it's so funny because I think Mark did an interview. I don't remember who he did it with. But just to give you cliff notes, he felt threatened. He felt like he felt threatened and he felt like he was a, he was being attacked. God. Paraphrasing. But he felt like he was being attacked. But but you but that's my point. The me we see people in the media who are being very irresponsible with their platform and weaponizing people's fear and paranoia. What if Mark and Patricia pull the trigger? Mm. Like what if they what if they pull the trigger and someone got murdered for what? Yeah. That's why that's so irresponsible is we don't have to weaponize people's fear. What we have to do is educate people and let people know what's really going on. But if I have an agenda, if I have a slant, right? If my agenda is to disarm the Black Lives Matter movement and make it something to where I can I can encourage uh I can encourage anti <laughs> an anti-movement that will that will fight against Black Lives Matter, then I've done my job. Mm. Yeah. So, I, I, again, I just think it's irresponsible because people could have potentially lost their lives last week for nothing. Gosh. For nothing. And I, and I think wow. we just have to, we just have to hold media accountable for that. Like yeah. that, there was nothing that they said that was factual. You had no data or statistics to back up that black lives matter is trying to take over the government. No, they just want systemic change. They just want us to stop killing us. Right. <laughs> we want to be That's able to all. get into police cu custody and survive it. You know, like, right. like we're not, are we yeah, asking we're not that much to take over the country. Right. Goodness gracious. No, the Confederate army tried to take over the country. Ooh. That's who tried to take over America. But anyway, I digress. We've been there. We've 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 touched on that. Goodness. Any other thoughts, guy? No, that's um, 
That's really good. Okay. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> uh, am I next? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. <you're> next. <laughs> All right. I was intrigued by this Walker. Um, but uh, Los Angeles City Council uh, has made a motion to replace police officers with trained crisis responders for nonviolent calls. Discuss or trash? Hmm. Let's discuss this. Okay. So um, after after doing a lot of research, um, there was a, what do you call them? Dang it. I had, the, I had the term in my head and I just lost it. It was a focus group, yeah, who, um, who was uh, tasked with, uh, you know, researching like, you know, uh, people who were pulled over for nonviolent offenses and what transpired after that. And in and, and these metrics... They boiled it down to, uh, you know, age, gender, race, right? And so what was um, what was discovered was there were a lot of black men in particular who were pulled over for traffic violations who, for whatever reason, ended up in, in a conflicting situation with the law, law enforcement officials that they believed didn't really have to happen. So um, this, the, the, the results of this focus group um, kind of boiled up to a petition or a motion to say or an idea to say hey look um if 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 ronnie's traveling on the five doing uh 80 and a 65 uh what what would happen if we pulled him over and you know we had a law enforcement official that was not armed and that was trained in crisis prevention or crisis reduction and could just <laughs> go about administering the law as it was designed to be administered in terms of right. handing out a ticket and keeping it moving, right? So right. Um, this this got a lot of lot of press in LA, and um, I, I think I think they vote on it not this week but next week. And um, a lot of the city council members have already revealed that you know, hey, we're we're going to support this. So th- this this could become a reality, Walker, and um, I. I I guess for for me, my thoughts on this is this is how police reform starts. Right. So um, we've heard the term defund the police, defund the police. Right. And we're we're not saying take all cops off the street. So, you know, uh, anarchy can happen. But we're, we're talking about examples like this. Let's. Let's instead of, you know, instead of allocating forces or police forces to to be involved in these nonviolent offenses. What if we reallocated some of those funds and got people who are trained in crisis reduction, put them in the field and said, you know, hey, if somebody has a traffic violation or a speeding ticket, let's just let's just go do this thing. So um, I, I, I like this, Walker. I think this is a step. I, I sound redundant. I think this is a step in the right direction. And I applaud L.A. City Council for um, making these steps. What, what do you think? Um, it's changed. It's changed. Time will tell what kind of what kind of impact it will make. Um, I will. I will be honest. I am a bit nervous because. Pulling someone over for a traffic violation can still present itself as a very dangerous scenario. Um, it can, especially if a person is armed and then is really up to no good, right? Um, so I, I would I would be curious to see how this plays out um, down the road. I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but even let's say you you train you and I, you and I are trained. We're still, we're, it's still a very scary scenario 
um, if we're pulling someone someone over at night. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. still a scary scenario. And that that concern doesn't go away, even if you replace the an officer of the law with a trained individual. The the threat is still there, or potential threat is still there. So I'll be curious to see uh the impact that this makes. I'm I'm for change. I don't think we need to continue doing what we've been doing. But of course, you know, I'm just curious as to what kind of impact will be made. Well, Not against it, but I'm just I'm just it's a it's a reasonable skepticism, if that makes sense. And Walker, forgive me for sensationalizing this, but, you know, a lot of emphasis on this, c- considering the results and the numbers was, um you know, the, the whole driving while black thing. So just, just right. think about it. Just 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 walk through this example with me. Um, you know, I'm driving. I, I commit some type of traffic violation. I get pulled over. OK, so current current right now, I've got a police officer who's walking to the car hand on his gun he may even pull it you know what i'm saying once he sees what i'm about you know and what by me me being black right he's got his hand on his gun he's already elevated the situation so i look at the i look at the opposite side of that and what la is is thinking about doing and you have somebody that's not armed that's walking up i think from from the get-go the environment is a little more calm i again i could be sensationalizing this but if I had my option <laughs> for option A, cop with hand here or option B, a uh, crisis prevention person coming up with maybe maybe hands out like this or I, I don't know, you know, but you, you take your hand off that gun. You take the gun out of the equation. I think I think everything's cool. Now, I can't speak on behalf of someone who may be up to no good. I can't. And that's why I'm not on L.A. LA City Council. Like, you know, Listen, uh, me, I would love to have that person pull me over. Yeah. yeah. I would love because I'm not going to do anything wrong, but I'm not everybody. True. So it's, true. It's, it's hard for it's us to see the other bag. side. Yeah. It's yeah. a mixed bag. But you got to try something. You got to try something. Right. And that's what I was saying. Yeah. That's okay. what I was saying. We gotcha. can't keep doing what we were doing. Obviously, that's not working. So okay. I'm, I'm all for trying something new. OK. Um. So, yeah. So that that. I, I, I think I think uh, I, I salute L.A. for trying to I mean, sometimes you got to try different things to see what works. Right. right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Cool. Um, shall we talk about uh, August Alcina and the Smiths? <laughs> I'll, I'll make a deal with you, Walker. I don't want to talk about this. I've heard a lot about it this week. I've read more than I want to want to admit but I, I'm, I'm going to hear your thoughts on this because I know they're going to be good. In this week's episode of When Turning Out a Young Brother Goes Wrong, <laughs> August Alcina. Well, first off, have you heard of this before prior to this coming out? Uh, I, yeah, we, we talked about it on episode. No, we talked week? about it on one of our older episodes about right, that, the loose okay. allegations of there being some type of relationship between Jada Pickett Smith and August Alsina. Uh, I think at the time we talked about it the, uh, initially, it was just kind of like uh, he said, she said. But it seems like what's come out this week kind of solidifies those those allegations, not allegations, but you know what I mean? Solidifies the story. Yeah. In my um, opinion. I don't think he's lying. I don't either. I don't think he's lying at all. I, I know Jada and Will's reps came out and denied it. What is, that's they what they're should, paid to do, yeah. As they should. Uh, but Jada, I guess Jada's putting herself on a red table talk. Yes, I read that this morning, yeah. She, she says there needs to be some healing. Um, 
we don't have to stay here long at okay, all. Okay, okay. We don't have to stay here long at all. But uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just for 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 decades now we've heard about you know we've heard people talk about the idiosyncrasies of of their relationship and it's just it to, to me it's just kind of like does this kind of solidify some of those thoughts or theories i don't know at the end of the day it doesn't doesn't really impact what i'm doing with mine over here so mm. it's still interesting to talk about though uh yeah it is but my, i guess i guess my question for you is why can't they own it Ooh. like what's that's, that's what's a really good question it? now now is it is it that the Smiths have had this persona about them, and and I think for much, especially Will, for 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 sure, Will has been this clean image kind of person. I'm on IG. I'm positive. Not saying that he isn't, but you know what I mean. And I think because of this, could be taboo for their image. Could have a career impact as well. They always have tried to keep that away from the public but my thing is live your truth my thing is if you live your truth ain't nobody gonna i don't think people gonna really knock you for it if you own it but with this situation i think it's the secrecy of it now is what has people talking about it really and with this situation it, if it is the truth and they own that truth it's just gonna be a bunch of see we knew we knew something was going on but then again people the way say that anyway yeah but the way the news and the media is give it a couple of days something else will boil up so <laughs> but but i'm with you though like yeah it's up to you at the end of the day but if you go ahead and own this then it doesn't seem murky so anyway i'll tell you this and we'll close with this jada got august going through it boy they <laughs> <laughs> looking all kind of ways yes she got him, him tripping seriously anyway no question uh on you on you bro all right man my last uh dort topic um this is probably gonna be a shout out but are you shouting out maya moore who maya moore no i'm not okay okay i'm well, not i'm not well she um she was able to get discuss okay <laughs> let me just get into it then uh maya moore on wednesday was very influential uh in the uh i guess the overturning of uh goodness what am i trying to say or the release of jonathan irons uh if you if you you weren't aware jonathan irons uh uh, was serving a 50-year prison sentence uh for obviously a crime he didn't commit this man got put in jail when he was 18 years old i think he's like 40 or in his 40s now so let that sink in a bit maya moore if you don't if you don't know wnba superstar who um has taken who, who took last season off and and announced that she was taking this season off as well to fight issues such as this so um man to see it, this is good news because to see maya moore really leveraging her platform and really saying you know what WNBA, y'all are cool you know i definitely love to hoop but there's more, there's more to me. I'm more than an athlete. You know, I'm here trying to really bring about some positive change and, and help deliver some form of justice to, to people who may not have a voice for whatever reason. And, um, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm just super excited about this. You know, I, I, I really remember hearing or re- reading this headline come across my phone and I'm like, yeah, Maya, this is what you, this is what you were aspiring to do. And you did it. Like, 
I know I, I, I sound like a shout out sort of, but I just th- this was too powerful of a story not to at least put up and discuss her trash. What are your thoughts? I was her? I was considering for her for a shout out as well. So I'm glad you brought it up. But no, I, I think it's I think it's an amazing story. Um, he he needed the help. And she she was the angel who who came down and helped. Come so, on, man! Shouts out to her, man! Yes. Shouts out to her for sure. We gotta give her we gotta give her studio audience applause for that. Oh, let me let me cue that up, Walker. I'm yeah, tripping. man. We gotta give we gotta show her love for that. I know this ain't shout outs yet, but she she needs that. Awesome, absolutely major stuff here, Walker. Goodness. Um, my last one is Cam Newton is back in the NFL. He is a patriot. Discuss the trash. So are we discussing or trashing that? You're Auburn. Let me hear what you got to say. No, I want to hear what you have to say. What what is this all about? Because we talked about why teams was passing on Cam and just just. Just several weeks back, we were talking about how teams were pretty much leaving him like he's damaged goods. I, now, now a team is taking a chance on him, and he's back, and you're just—I don't see, understand see, where you come from. Walker, Walker, that is that is my whole problem. This has nothing to do with Cam. Okay, so listen, listen to me, Walker. Goodness, you put, you're pulling this out of me, and I'm giving it to you. Pause. Um, but this has nothing to do with Cam, right? Elaborate. Cam, Cam number one, Cam shouldn't have been a free agent for this long. I agree. Let's be honest. All right. Now the Patriots swoop in and Bill Belichick saves poor Cam out of uh, misery and distress and gets him for peanuts and popcorn. Are you serious right now, Walker? Are you kidding me? So, so the thing is, here you have here you here you have a Cam Newton decorated career, NFL MVP, uh, numerous Pro Bowls, Super Bowl appearance, um, numerous records. This dude's dude's working to revolutionize the way the quarterback position is being played, and to to see the impact he had with as little talent as he had in Carolina. This dude is this dude. He's, I'm not gonna use a legend term, but this dude's a superstar. He's a superstar. But little you, talent in little talent in Carolina, huh? Yeah, I said it. Okay. Just just You want to counter that, Walker? No. I've mentioned that he had little talent before, but go okay. ahead. Did I contest you on that? You did. Go ahead. Me? Please continue. Okay. Continue. Sorry. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> but you know, you know, Walker, I think about a guy named Chase Daniel, right? <laughs> You know Chase? Do you know OCD? <laughs> career, career second string quarterback in the NFL. He held, held clipboards for Drew Brees. I think he's holding a clipboard now for Pat Mahomes. Do you know what he's getting paid? It's either 12 or, 12 or 16 million per year. And what they give Cam? What did old Belichick give Cam? Or what did Kraft give Cam? Tell me, Walker. Tell the people. No, you're on a roll. You're the one on a roll. Peanuts and popcorn. I got a problem with this, man. It, it, externally, am I happy that, that Cam's going to put on an NFL uniform? Yeah, 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 yeah. But man, you have you have you have spit on the on the legacy 
that this man has worked so hard to build, not only in his time during the NFL, but even collegiately, which you know it takes a lot for me to admit that. I'm still kind of sore. But you, but it just, it's like, it's like, why? I don't get it. It takes a lot of the shine out of it when you say, oh, we're going to pluck Campbell. We're going we're gonna to pay him $600,000. Not really $600,000. I don't even know what his contract is, but he's not getting what Chase Daniel's getting. I got problems Gat. with that. But Gat. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're, everything you're saying, I agree with, but that's the Patriot way. Oh, God. If you want to talk about underpaying quarterbacks, Brady was underpaid. For all that he had done? No. He wasn't? No. Why did he leave? Because he wanted warmer weather. Okay. If you think so. He want a Gronk? My point is, Bill Belichick has never paid people like that. Franchise has never paid people what they were worth. It's the Patriot way. So then, why do we, why are we getting excited about Cam Landon with the Patriots? Because he's not a free agent. And if he balls out this year, who knows? He can probably name his team next year. He can probably he can leave like Brady left. Isn't this an opportunity for him to to to? He shouldn't have to, to your point, but isn't this an opportunity for him to show that, hey, I still am that guy. I still am that dude. And he will. So basically, this is setting up. This is almost like players in a contract year. I am setting myself up to get a big deal somewhere else. Because I don't see the Patriots even on, like if he can ball out this year, I don't even see the Patriots offering him a real competitive I see someone else swooping in and paying him something significant. True? Yeah. So that's what I'm 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 excited about. I'm excited about that. He can prove himself much more as a patriot than he would just sitting on the sidelines coming in to be someone's backup. He's not getting a, a good pay paycheck doing that. So I, I yes, I understand it's again and he seems very motivated. But I'm, I'm just eager to see how and what he does moving forward. Sorry, I'm trying. I'm trying to see what they what they're paying this guy. I know it's not a lot. I think it's is it. It's not the. What is it? He's getting a guaranteed two million. No, guaranteed five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So it's the so it is the it is the league minimum, the veterans minimum, the guaranteed. That's shameful, man. Yeah, it's the Patriots way, though. Whatever you say, Walker, it's bull. It's the Patriots way. It's bull. Again, this is why a lot of people don't like the Patriots, because they do stuff like this. They didn't pay Gronk, though. Somebody in the Patriots got paid. Let's be real. Somebody in the Patriots got paid. Some have. But I'm saying, like, there are people, we've seen them discard people. (laughs) Like, they'll, they'll pay people and then just get rid of them. Bill Belichick could cut you so quick. Like we've seen how they've treated players. It really is about that system. The, okay. It's not a it's not a we'll take care of you kind of organization. It's you're going to help us win, and when you're done, bye bye. We're going to bring the next guy in for the least amount. Next possible. one up, yeah. yeah. Like but you get a chance to play in the Super Bowl. I don't know. Give me, give me out here, Walker. My thing is, Cam, prove yourself if you can. We even have football. Prove yourself. Show that you show that you still that guy. Sign a deal with somebody else and get out. Okay. Take advantage of the opportunity. Chase Daniel, Caesar Walker.
Chase freaking Daniel. Chase white privilege Daniel. I hear you. I hit a little different. Okay. Okay. I hear you. I really do. Trust me. I hear you. All right. Shall we close out with our shout outs and player of the week? Let's close it out, man. We're doing really well on time, by the way. Who's your shout out, bro? My shout out is, oh, speaking of Auburn, great segue here, Walker. Have you heard of a guy named Carlos Dansby? Yes. Yeah. Have you heard about anything he's doing? Do tell. Okay, Walker. Um, As you know, there are certain parts of Birmingham that have served as what um, Mayor Woodfin calls food deserts. And um, that what that means simply is uh, some of these some of these uh different areas if you if you will just don't have adequate access to uh, grocery stores to get food or for that matter to get healthy food so um this birmingham native uh 14 year nfl veteran and auburn alum carlos dansby says you know what enough of this uh his uh dansby foods group of which he is the chairman and ceo had um, have come in and they've they've uh, pulled together resources and they they were able to acquire an old Win Dixie uh, facility over on the west side of Birmingham. I think it's I think it's really close close to uh, Crossplex if I if I remember correctly. And um, he has announced that Dansby Foods will take the place of what used to be a Win Dixie, serving the needs of tons of people who need access to quality groceries, quality food, and uh, quality service, of course. Walker, I know in my in my circles, we have talked about this. Like, what what is the deal? Why can't why can't certain people get access to say like a Publix? Like, you know, I'm spoiled and I have one less than a mile away. Like, what why can't why can't why doesn't Publix want to go there? Why doesn't um, why doesn't even a Walmart grocery want to go there? Why doesn't a Piggly Wiggly want to go there? You know, not really getting any answers, but I, I have to shout out Carlos Dansby because he was like, man, enough of this. If y'all don't want to come, we are going to build it and we are going to serve the needs of the people. Carlos Dansby, you are my shout out this week. There you go. Um, Walker, I'm, I'm, I'm giving a lot of Auburn love here. Okay, okay, it's that's not easy for me. So, so I need you to empathize for a second. Know that I'm really stretching myself here. Do you want some? Do you want a donut that your son ate from a week or so ago? No, I just, you, you want a donut and you, cookies. You know what I want, Walker? I want you to say, Gatry, I see what you're doing, and I know it's difficult. That's all I need. That's all I that's need. All you need, yeah. So my uh, shout out goes to one twenty one Savage. Ooh, I read about this. This is good, Walker. Go ahead and cook. Okay. According to the Atlanta Journal Constitution, the Atlanta rapper launched a free online financial literacy program to help Atlanta youth. The program, Bank Account at Home, is in partnership with mobile banking provider Chime and education tech- technology platform. EverFi, according to the release. The program expands on previous financial literacy efforts in the city by the rapper, whose name is I'm not fixing to pronounce Um, For the past two years, he's partnered with financial literacy nonprofit Juma for his youth-focused literacy program bank account, according to the, according to the release. Before the pandemic, the program provided under, under-deserved youth un- undeserved youth access to career counseling, job training, 
and job placement at sports and entertainment facilities. So just want to shout out the youngster for, for giving back and reaching out to the youth to help them give them skills that will help them as adults. So shout out to 21 Savage. You, you talk about a guy who couldn't believe what he was reading and was just waiting for somebody to say typo. <laughs> no, I shouldn't do that to Savage. That, that, this, is, this is very moving, meaningful stuff, man. I'm here for it. How they see how they do like the stories. You see a big update on it. Update. We meant to say uh, Jay Z is right. twenty one savage. Slip, slip, Freudian slip. Right. <laughs> These interns get not a hand again. <laughs> and by the way, thank you for shouting out an Auburn guy. So thank you, Gatry. Appreciate that, Walker. Thank you. Um, is it that difficult? Yes, Walker. You know how I feel about y'all. You didn't go to Alabama. I know, but still, I don't like y'all. Okay. I, mean, I forgot I, who I was talking to. You like your emotions. I get it. I Go do. Ahead. I do, Walker. You're my guy. But there's just, you know, there's certain things you don't like about me. There's certain things I don't like about you. That's at the pinnacle. Um. Okay. <laughs> Let's get. I never it. said there was things I didn't like about you. You don't have to say it, Walker. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So, player of the week, who played themselves this past week at? Walker, um, I'm going to take you to New Jersey. <laughs> and I'm going to be very light, but this was, this was good. Um, and I'm going to butcher his name. Thomas Dimeck. Okay. Yeah. Thomas, 31-year-old guy up in Jersey, you know, um, fell on some hard times a week or so ago. And uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, he, it, it took him, you know, going to going to the streets and uh, asking people for money, right? We we see this. This is nothing new, you know. When people fall on hard times and just need to do something of desperate measures, right? So right. Thomas is out here doing his thing. You know, he's he's going out. He's soliciting money for pe- from people, you know, to help him out at a rough time. And he he runs up on um, a lady who did not who chose who chose not to reveal her identity. And um, this lady uh, felt a sense of ah. Uh, felt sense of empathy for thomas and reached into her purse pulled out a crisp one dollar bill and proceeded to put it in the cup that thomas had holding out where he was getting his money so thomas says you know what (laughs) thomas says a dollar (laughs) a dollar (laughs) what i look like you know and and I'm, i'm paraphrasing this for effect but uh, Thomas is beside himself. He couldn't believe that this woman only gave him a dollar. So uh, Thomas did what anyone in that situation would do if we got outraged. He proceeds to carjack this woman, right? But, um, you know, no, you know, carjacking, you know, there's usually a weapon, you know, gun and things like that. Uh, Thomas didn't have any of these. All he had was his little cup with his few dollars in it, right? So he manages to, as this woman's windows roll down, he manages to jump in the window, the driver's side of the car, and sit on the lap of this female driver, right? This is a weird carjacking. Yes. He is sitting on her lap as she is panicking, and he is demanding her that she push the gas while he drives the car. And while they're driving around, and he's fussing at her for only giving him $1, um, he's sitting on her lap. He's sitting on her lap, dude. That's what this. That's what the article said. I could. I had to read it several times. I'm like, is he really sitting in the lap of this woman? 
So um, he's sitting in the lap. The woman's freaking out, but she's, you know, she's pushing the gas while he's operating the steering wheel. This is so weird. And um, she finally has a presence of mind to dial 911, right? And so um, she's able to she's able to get get to the police or whatever where she finally decides. I don't know why she didn't do this before, but she stops the car. Police come in. They apprehend Thomas. And uh, <laughs> when when they ask Thomas, you know, hey, man, like, what, what's the deal? You know, you, you, you carjacked this woman, you know, she, she gave you money. His response, Walker, and he's on record by saying this. Who gives people one dollar and expects them to survive? Your boy TD um, was then arrested and booked on extradition and criminal and motor vehicle charges. Thomas, my man, um, I get it. I get it. I haven't been in your shoes, but I, I kind of understand. Like, what's it? What's a dollar going to get you? But you got to understand, dude. You are on hard times. It's not. It's not this woman's fault that you are. She didn't have to give you anything, and you sure as heck didn't have to carjack her. Uh, Ren, we got you on line one. What you think about this? You idiots. And said, couldn't have said it better myself, Ren. <laughs> um, okay. Only in America, Walker. <laughs> Good U.S. of A. <laughs> Um, my player of the week goes out to former police officers in Aurora, Colorado, Erica Marrero. Uh, I think it's Jaron Jones, Kyle Dittrich, and also Jason Rosenblatt. I'll explain who that guy is uh, later, but are you familiar with, uh, a guy by the name of Elijah McClain Gatry? Yes. I've been following this situation, uh, closely this past week. Okay, so they the the story of Elijah McClain, we all know he was a 23 year old who was walking home from a convenience store and um, a 911, uh, some Ken or Karen called 911 on him because he uh, he looked, quote unquote, suspicious. He was walking home with a ski mask, but I think he has some type of condition to where he has to protect or shield his face um, or something like that. So he was walking home from a convenience store, not doing anything when he was approached by three officers, not the ones that I named, but among the three officers was the name of Jason Rosenblatt. Okay. So of course uh, he was attacked. Uh, Basically they tackled him to the ground, put him in a hold, called first responders who injected him with ketamine. Okay. He ended up suffering a heart attack and died days later. Right. Um, at this point, no one has been arrested. Um, we have no, uh, there was no uh, report on what Elijah did because he did nothing. Um, but the reason why these three officers are getting player of the week is because these, these, I want to, I want to call them a name so bad. They posted a photo at uh, the, I guess the site where, you know, they do memorials for people where they pass. So they took a photo of smiling into a camera where one of the officers is reenacting a chokehold used on McClain. Okay. Um, it was, I don't know which one, if it was Kyle or Jaron who was doing it, but they were reenact, both of them were reenacting and smiling for the camera. 
It was sent to Jason Rosenblatt, one of the three officers who actually killed uh, Elijah McClain, who basically responded inappropriately to the photo as well. He laughed. Okay. So he gets fired. Kyle gets fired. Erica gets fired. Uh, Jaron Jones actually resigned, but it was reported he was going to get fired. Okay. Um, so apparently those three officers, I don't know about Jason, but those three officers uh, won't be allowed to work again in the work in the state as officers. The state? The state. Oh, wow. Is what, what we're hearing. Okay. Um, this is all according to uh, leave the CBS for Denver. Um, so yeah, that's that's that with them. They get my player of the week for that. Um, just because of the insensitivity of the matter, like killing black people is funny to you. Obviously, again, it goes back to what we talked about early in the episode. We're having to tell people that black lives do matter but to you it's a joke so see ya um you know good luck finding employment somewhere else um i hope to god that you're never an officer of the law again because i think these are people that are supposed to be protecting us that's crazy um so yeah these are my player of the week jason has been fired and i believe that the governor the governor has appointed an attorney general, I think. Not attorney general. He appointed, yes, an attorney general to actually reopen the case and investigate it. Oh, okay. That's um, good. This was something that happened recently. So um, our prayer, we're going to keep an eye on this story. And we want those three officers brought to justice. And for the family to to get some closure in this process, but uh, in the meantime, I'm happy to see uh, those three previous officers who thought this was a funny thing to make to something to make fun of. I'm glad to see that they're no longer employed by that police department. So that's all I got there, man. Wow. <sighs> all I got there. Right. Um, I know you got you some wise I- words in you. Yeah, uh, I do. I do have wise words. Um, My word is, I would have to say that I'm thankful. Very thankful. Um, Not where I may want to be completely, but I'm very thankful and grateful for where I am in life. Um, Celebrated 38 years uh, around the globe, around the sun. And uh, I must say that it was it was it was an unusual birthday. Um, wife had to work, and you know it's hard to go out places. But I'm just grateful to be alive. I think we've been reminded constantly over the past several weeks just how precious life can be. So to be able to celebrate a birthday and celebrate it with family, uh, to 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 have get text messages and and that and calls and songs from friends. Very appreciative, and I'm very thankful, and I thank each and every one of you guys for reaching out and celebrating with me. And no matter what, guys, no matter what you do, let's all try to live responsibly. Well, the doors of the Tipping Point Pod Church are open. Let us stand. Let us go in peace. Uh, Guys, have a great week. Be safe this week. Have a productive one, and 
I am Caesar Walker. He is Ronnie Gatry. We are the Tipping Point Podcast. Thanks again for listening.